Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the NRV Life on Mission podcast. The Life on Mission podcast is practical conversations focused on equipping followers of Christ to live on mission by teaming up and being the church. Reach out to us with questions or topics you would like us to discuss. You can reach out on our Facebook page, NRV Life on Mission, or send us an email at nrvlifeonmission at gmail.com. And now let's head on over to the heart of the New River Valley and take a listen to today's episode. Alrighty, guys, welcome to today's uh, episode of the NRV Life on Mission podcast. We got a full table today and uh, really looking forward to our first episode, our first edition, our first round, whatever you want to say, of Ask the Pastor. Ooh. And so on um, uh, today's episode, um, you know, last week, Dave, I said I need, to, I need to write down our mission statement in one sentence, which I didn't do. So I'm going to give you the opportunity on the fly in one sentence to do our mission statement for the NRV Life on Mission podcast. No pressure. Oh, Ready, set, for the, go. Uh, <laughs> what our mission statement is? Yeah. Using coffee, humor, and the Bible. That's important. To share <laughs> and equip followers of Jesus, especially in rural contexts. Woo! I like it. Is it close? That's better than what I did last week. I oh, said like 100 sweet. words last week. On the spot, what, I had to think three things. Thing. We didn't write it down. Oh. We haven't written it down We yet. haven't written it down. <laughs> okay. But that's really the heart of it, right? Yep. Is, is We don't just want to have a good time here. We want this to be beneficial and, and equipping and entertaining for folks that are joining in, uh, especially since we live in a rural context and, and want to live that life on mission and, and other followers of Jesus as well. So, uh, yeah, as long as you catch the heart of it, the wording doesn't really matter. That's right. That's absolutely. You know, and let me just put a little plug in right now. We are actually on Anchor and Spotify now. You can catch our audio uh, versions of these podcasts, hopefully every Friday, on Anchor and Spotify. And we're still waiting back to hear from iTunes, which I heard takes a little longer, you know, but hopefully we'll be on those three platforms. So, you know, now that we're famous on Spotify, look how many people come to join our episodes the very next week. <laughs> I don't even know what Anchor is. What is Anchor? I don't know. I, I just learned it a couple weeks ago, but Anchor Anchor is a great place for you to find podcasts, but it's really good for people who are starting podcasts because when you upload to Anchor, it pushes it on to Spotify, iTunes, and everything else. It gives you nice. that RSS feed. Rock on. I'm still learning all cool. the podcasts. Is that subscription-based, or is it free? Uh, it's free. Yeah, wow. Everything's free. You can make – I have software to make a podcast episode with, like, the jingles and all that. But if you don't have any of that, you can do it all in Anchor for free. They give you jingles. They tell you how to cut and splice the episodes. So I heard Dave hides in the closet for the jingle for NRV Life on Mission podcast. He does. He jams out for us <laughs> on our little electric guitar that we have on those. I mean, I could, I could be in there praying for you guys while that's happening, man. You're just sitting here judging me. You're in your prayer closet. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> well, anyways. Call, call him in your time of need, not me. <laughs> Today, we are going to roll on with our episode finally now that we're, we're done chatting, and that is the fact that we are going to do our first round of Ask the Pastor. We, we posted on our Facebook page a while back that uh, to bring in the questions, and the questions just came rolling in. It was hard to filter through all of them, but uh, we... Uh, um, have great questions actually lined up for today. But first, let's just go ahead and introduce who we have with us at the table. Um, returning back for the sec- his second round of the NRV Life on Mission podcast, Jared Vi. I got invited back. Thank you very much. <laughs> Blow it the first second time. Second interview. 
still no, still no donuts from Carol Lee. Although I heard they they're opening. Yes, I was heard it, that was Monday it today, to, today. I'm not sure. I saw Kevin Meadows post oh, it. Some yeah, I saw it somewhere too. So he listed every flavor right, that I did not like. Next time, I'll I'll bring them. Hey, blueberry cake. He just wants to come back. That's true. I just, I just want to post my donuts. <laughs> and also joining us beside Jared for the first time on the Life on Mission podcast, John Sharp. How you doing, John? Woo, doing good. It's good to be here, man. Yeah, awesome. Excited well, to be here. Why don't you tell everyone just a little bit what, what you do in yeah, life? Absolutely. Who are you? Who, Who am are you? I? Yeah, absolutely. So been married for a little over 25 years. I've got three kids. My baby just graduated from college, or excuse me, from, well, yeah, I had one graduate from college last week and one from high school this week. Um, I am at heart and by calling a church planter, I planted a church in Columbia, South Carolina and pastored that church about 15 years, planted a church in Southwest Roanoke County in 2012 and pastored that church for about seven years, and most recently, I joined the staff of the SBC of Virginia, Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia, and I'm a church planter strategist. So I help churches, and I help church planters start new churches all over the western half of the Commonwealth of Virginia. So That's I'm awesome. having a big old time, man. I love what I do. That's awesome. We're glad you're here with us today. And once again, I feel like the outcast, three church planters, and then there's me. So maybe that's why I'm asking you guys all the questions so I can learn from you guys. It's a wide net, man. It there's is. room for everyone. I know. I feel like you guys are going to try to snag me in here soon. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into our questions for the day. Um, go ahead and interact with us if you're on Facebook. We'll be, we all got our Facebook pages open and we'll be t- uh, taking a look at the chats. But we do have about six questions that we uh, received over the last few weeks. And we're just going to jump in and see where it takes us today if you guys are cool with that and so uh, question number one with ask the pastor you know ministry is uh, a busy thing and we all know that it's more than sunday mornings um whoa 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 that's kind of like the joke isn't it like pat the only thing pastors do is is preach for the only day we work <laughs> that's the only, only wow. thing we do yep. one hour a week yep. <laughs> so here's the question what are some guardrails you have in place because ministry is beyond sundays in order for you to separate your time with family and your time with ministry? Good question. <clears throat> Who's, Who's going to go start? first? You always, Dave's <laughs> always looking at me. Uh, this is, okay, yeah, this is, this is a good question. Uh, it's something that honestly, that even Danielle and I, my wife and I, have been, been talking through recently. So um, in the midst of the whole COVID shutdown stuff we uh our church like everybody else's went online but what we did is that we filmed most everything all of our services on saturday so that sunday we could show it and play it and as you know live on facebook and all those things um but one thing that i wasn't expecting is how refreshing uh sunday would 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 be and mm-hmm. I, I said what should maybe refresh is not the right word but maybe more relaxing Um, So because generally pastors on Sunday are running different million different directions and your minds in different directions and uh, And so in fact Sunday is not usually a lot of time you get with your family anyway because you're you're doing so many other things But Sunday for us has become like a wake-up Sunday morning and just it's become a true Sabbath I'll say it that way Hmm. Uh, in that we've just been it's just been restful Um, and so in now, at the same time, though, I've missed so I've so missed gathering with our church family that I'm so excited that this Sunday is our Sunday, our first Sunday back, cool. and we're we're so excited about that. 
Um, which just means, though, that Danielle and I have been talking, we've got to find a new Sabbath because mm. Sunday's not going to be that for us. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome, but it's not going to be a full day of rest. And so, this is uh, really calls us to think. All right, so what day is that going to be for us that we put aside everything else to just to just rest and and have that time uh, with the family? And so. We haven't. In fact, she was asking about that this morning. You know, what that what day is that going to be for us? So I've got the accountability partner and my wife. Uh, we've just got to figure that out. What that is for us, and I don't. I don't know that we have a perfect answer yet. Uh, I've heard of guys that use use Monday as like the day after Sunday morning. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd love to hear what y'all do or are thinking through. So. Yeah, well, I I guess I mean the first thing I want to say. Number one, being a pastor is. Um, a high calling, but it's a great honor and it's a, it's a privilege to mm-hmm. think that as a pastor, you would be one of the first people that, that is called in a difficult time mm-hmm. in a, in a trial or a tragedy or maybe a great time, like a, like a upcoming wedding. It's a, it's a humbling thing. But that being said, that's, that's why there really isn't a, a true off day for pastors. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know many pastors that haven't gotten called home from a vacation if they've mm-hmm. been in the ministry very long yeah. due to a, a crisis or a, or a funeral. And that's what we do. That's our calling. And it's our, and it's our joy, even though it stinks to have to leave the beach and leave your family. Um, people do that. So that's why as pastors, we, we need to um, be sure that we're maintaining a healthy balance between on time and time where our cell phones are off and our computers are off. And so I just say, you know, to, to be effective as a pastor and as a husband and a father in ministry, we need to schedule our life Mm. just like we schedule our day. When we're going to prepare our sermons, when are we going to have meetings with people? When when are we going to meet with elders? When are we going to meet with deacons? Um, an appointment needs to be when we're going to sit down and have dinner with our families. Sorry. When are we going to spend time with our children? Yep. You know, when I had young children, the 7.30 to 8.30 time frame was sacred for me because that was bath time. Mm-hmm. And bath time was daddy time. <laughs> it's one of the most special times I had with my kids growing up. Um, I gave my wife time off and she would finish whatever was going on in the kitchen or wherever. And, and I would bathe our kids. Um, almost every single night and I would read a book and Christy would too, but, but that's, that's sacred. That's an appointment. I I have an appointment with someone and I think that's one way that we can maintain, um, the guardrails and the boundaries to have a healthy marriage and to have a healthy family life. Hmm. That's really good, man. I, so I always go back to when I was in youth ministry this would have been probably 2002, and I mean, I'm I'm in a church plant environment in Charlotte. I'm loving what I'm doing, not having a clue what I'm doing. Some things never change, but uh, just loving what I'm doing. And I, I I see something shiny. It looks fun. I'm I'm on it. And so, uh, even back then, before podcasts and digital technology, uh, Mandy, my wife, heard a sermon from Andy Stanley, choosing to cheat, on the radio and was so impacted by it, she bought the CD and then uh, like put it in the van. So we're heading from Lake Norman down to Costco, South Charlotte. She puts this CD of this message in. By the time we pull into Costco, I'm like wrecked because <laughs> I had realized in the midst of that sermon that I prioritized 
ministry and justify that because I'm pouring into all these kids and we're going paintballing, we're hanging out, playing Halo, and and I had started prioritizing them over my family. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's a constant calibration, balance of focusing on family, focusing on ministry, and there are times back and forth that you have to you have to come back to a center in that. And on top of balancing family and ministry, prioritizing and balancing the personal time with the Lord, the Sabbath, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So it's it's a it's a tight balance, especially in the seasons where we are 24/7 on call for tragedies and yep. things going on. So it's it's uh, it can become very very challenging and and a constant teeter totter between the balance. Yeah, you know <clears throat> that is the tough balance because as John mentioned, you know being a pastor is a high calling, and we all I know all of us around this table understand that high calling and we love it, and that's it. You know we wouldn't be doing it if we weren't called to it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's days if you will that I'm just like Lord, if you didn't call me to do this, I wouldn't be doing this right now. And there's days where I'm like Lord you know, thank you for calling me to do this. But, you know, I'll never forget some advice that uh, a professor in college told our our class. It was a, you know, one of our pastoral classes. So it was a smaller one, a group of guys. He said, men, always remember that in life, you are always, first of all, a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So you got to have that Sabbath. You got to spend that time with the Lord, apart from studying for sermons, which can be tough. And then he said, then second, you're a family member, which means <clears throat> you're either a husband, a dad, or you're still a son. <laughs> yep. And then third, you are a pastor. <clears throat> he said, never forget that order. And so I think the best way for us to to honor that order, because that's true, you know, we're a follower of Christ, and then we're a husband, and then we're a pastor, yeah, yeah. Um, is learning to say no <laughs> to our church people. And, and leaning on other leaders in our church, we should be equipping others to do the work of the ministry. So Absolutely. Um, if we're not available, and we are so accessible now, Facebook, you know, Messenger, you know, Instagram, Messenger, yeah. phone calls, emails, people knocking on your door. You know, it, it's crazy how often that we can be reached out, which we love. But at the same time, we've got to make time for our family. And so um, I haven't entered the world of kids yet. And so, but one thing I've told my wife is, um, you know, what I'm nervous about before having kids is I want to make sure right now that I'm practicing giving time to you Mm -hmm. uh, apart from ministry. So, um, but I think those are great answers from all of us uh, around what are the guardrails you have in place. Let's go on to another question so we can kind of handle some of the uh, more of these today. Um, I'm not going to go in order with what I have down on the sheet, but I'm going to jump down to question number four, which says, how does a pastor think through and discern how to shepherd his flock? We're just going to start with the hard ones here first. <laughs> well, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Is everybody looking at Jared? <laughs> <laughs> so wise. Yeah, no. Um, so... The well, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind whenever I think of just shepherding is is uh, in First Peter five, and that's kind of been um, I guess an anchor passage for me um, when it comes to my calling um, and uh, what God's called me to do and who He's called me to be, uh, how He's called me to serve. Um, and so when you look at First Peter five um, about the calling of and the the uh, you know the exhortation to um, to shepherds and pastors, 
Um, you know, he says to shepherd the flock of God that's among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And then looking to the, the chief shepherd when he appears, you know, and we're, we're doing everything that we do in light of that we're under shepherds of the, of the one shepherd. And um, so I think what the lens that I try to look through it is, is uh, God has given us the responsibility to, to love and care for and shepherd specific individuals that he's entrusted to us. And he hasn't entrusted to me those that are in Dave's care or, or, or John or, or Tim. It, it, he's entrusted specific people. Uh, and so um, that means that ministry in my world will look a little bit different than your world. Mm-hmm. And so I got to be careful that I, I don't look at my church family and, okay, if I can just copy what you're doing. Um, and uh, again, that's a, a, a temptation, I think, for us is to find what somebody else is doing. Um, it doesn't always work that way. Especially it's, the last two months. Especially the oh, last yeah. two months when <clears throat> the expectation is, oh, man, look what they're doing. I got to do it, too. Yep. And that's not the case because that's, again, God has given different people, and, and I think there's different needs in different ministry areas. And so, but my mind goes to care and compassion um, and, and not domineering authoritarian, you know, dictatorship, right. um, but just genuine love and care. And I think when you genuinely love your people, then then they know that, they see that, and then that care comes as a result of that and mm-hmm. i think i just see that that loving shepherd so so my mind that my mental picture is is a shepherd that loves and cares for those that god has has given to him as his responsibility mm. that's good that is good that's good stuff Ditto. question answered yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely that's good i Johnny, i mean anything else to add to that i think obviously um it it must start with with prayer and seeking out um, wisdom from God's word, you know we're not going to come up with any new commission or commandment mm-hmm. in and of ourselves. It's all been given to us already from God's word, and if we start on someone else's website or <laughs> you know the Christian pastor leader bestseller book of the day and the conference of the day, um, we're going to miss the whole boat right. because the next one's on the heels of that one. Mm-hmm. And we'll never have that one fully implemented well before the next two or three are rolling out. Right. At the same time, um, I, I think that God puts um, godly people and godly church examples in our life on purpose and that we can, that we can look around and and see the testimony of other churches that are making a positive impact in this discipleship area making disciples people who are living life on mission and and we can learn from them and hey what does it look like to help shepherd a person to become a a generous giver of their time in Mm -hmm. their community and and usually it it doesn't happen by accident Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't it doesn't just Boom, you start church, and that's what people look like. And we can learn from those things. It comes straight from Scripture, but we can learn from those things. We can be inspired, and, you know, I want to I be a better um, disciple maker because of Dave Ferris mm-hmm. and the things that I see um, coming out of North Star Pulaski. And I want my worship to be more authentic because I've been to Jared's church, and I've mm-hmm. seen 
um, what it looks like, even though they don't even have a, a full-time worship leader, but they have people that love Jesus and people that have committed to use their gifts and talents, and and it's become contagious in the body of Christ there, and, and, and I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And so the, some of those things help me see what it looks like to be an effective, genuine disciple maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll just add on to, I mean, what both of you guys have said is gold. Um, I just like the heart of the question because shepherding the flock is is what we're called to do and and I think it's easy for us to forget that and it's also easy for church attenders to forget that and so it's it's a two two-way street for sure um, and and it's easy for us to get caught up in the uh, even even the keep up with the Joneses kind of mentality with other churches and other pastors and things like that and and forgetting that we're on the same team trying to meet the same goal of making disciples who make disciples and sharing the gospel and and meeting the needs of the widows and the orphans and and the marginalized and so being we we need each other to remind each other of that and then we also uh need for church attenders because that's part of what this is for right we want we want followers of Jesus to hear this and be equipped as well. And this is, that's the pastor. The cool thing about it is you get a, a glimpse inside the heart and mind of, of what we go through as pastors. And so um, just to understand our heart and desire is to shepherd the flock, not to grow a huge church. That's Jesus's job. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we're just called to shepherd the flock, equip the saints for the work of ministry, make disciples who make disciples and help encourage that. And so we're on the same team working together for the same common goal. And so there are going to be needs that we can't meet. There are going to be expectations that we can't meet. And and understanding at the end of the day, when we lay our head on the pillow, what we should be thinking is, man, how diligent have I been at shepherding the flock of God today? Hmm. And it comes off of the things we've just discussed as far as the quiet time and seeking the Lord's wisdom uh, in, in that. But it is a very compassionate do I love the people God has put under my care enough to to love them and equip them and help them navigate through their junk uh, so that they can grow into who the Lord desires them to grow into? While we're wrestling through our own junk and while we're trying to balance time with family and, and uh, alone time with the Lord. And so it, it's uh, it's a great honor to be in this position, as you guys are well aware, and it's very, very challenging and difficult. Very challenging, because going back to the first question we talked about, we want to shepherd our people, love our people, care for our people, be there for our people. And then also, we got to be there for our families, mm. and so it's a tough balance. Yep. I mean, what we're what pastors go through is just it's an ongoing, always ongoing balance. Then you got to throw in, man, I need to have some alone time before the Lord. And so, um, you know, in order to perfectly balance all three of those, you're never going to sleep, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. And so um, the next question that I really am looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say is, um, you know, as we've talked about, and it's kind of flowing right into question number two that I have on our, our sheet, what are, you know, we are called to be disciples making disciples. And as pastors, we are to produce disciples who are making disciples. And so what are some traits you see in disciple makers and you know to give jared a break this time you know i want to throw out just kind of a thought that i i had when thinking about this and it just came to mind when you guys were were talking about these things and that is you know i think true disciple makers are not territorial 
Mm. And let me explain what I mean in many different ways. They're not territorial as in the only way that someone can be reached is in within these confines of, you know, this is what it looks like, you know, you know, my church, my church. That was the next one. Yeah. You know, if I reach someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they live 25 minutes from our church, you know, they're not territorial to our church. They find them a Bible believing church. And this is why this is important because for example, we had, I don't know, about two years ago, right when I really got into the senior pastor role at Calvary, we had a, a family uh, come visit us, and they had like six kids. I mean, everyone's eyes were like lit up that day. And so afterwards, I was talking to them, walking them around the building, and kind of walking them out to the car, and I asked them where they lived, and they told me, and I was like, that's like 35 minutes from here. And, there, and it was like, it's like on the other side of Pulaski, you mm-hmm. know, and you wouldn't think that it's that far from Rafford, but if you're in Pulaski, on the other side of Pulaski, coming all the way to Rafford, I mean, that's 30 minutes, that's 35 whole, minutes. And right. so, and I talked to them, and I was just like, I have a best friend there in Pulaski County, in Dublin. You know, actually, I got three or four that I've met that I know are Bible believing churches. You guys need to, and so they're very interested, and I uh, don't know where they are today, but I had a Bible study that week, and, you know, we had some people say, well, where, where, what happened to that family? There's like six kids and all this stuff. And I said, oh, I told them to go to a different church. <laughs> what pastor does that, man? <laughs> they were mad. They were like, do what? what? They had six kids. And I'm like, yeah, but they're dropping. How often are they really going to get their six kids ready, prepared, come to church faithfully and grow when they can go to a church that's 10 minutes down the road? That's well, what we're supposed to be doing. And that's the, that's just the Sunday morning. So mm-hmm. the other six and a half days a week in, in their community – are we as pastors expecting them to to commit to driving 30, 35 minutes every time they want to come be in one of our small groups or serve in one of our service community projects? And, and that's, again, that's it's very easy to lose sight of, like, our little K kingdoms as, as local churches yep. are all part of the big K kingdom. That's right. Um, and so... And on the flip side of it, can we give them the very best shepherding care... Yeah. When they're 35 minutes away from us. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes, look, that's let's just throw it out there. there. That's the reason I think it's a beautiful thing that there's so many local churches. One, locality. You know, like where are, you know, we're supposed to be reaching the people in, in our context and so they can easily get shepherded. But then two, like all of our churches are different. Mm-hmm. It, it's different. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That, you know, and you can use the word styles and genre, whatever it is, but wherever, like sometimes I just want to tell people, you find a place, first of all, that's staying faithful to the scriptures. If if they're staying faithful to the scriptures, you gotta, you need to stay. You know, there's no other reasons to leave. But then, like, if you don't feel like you can grow, whatever, man, down here in the Bible Belt, you go everywhere, there's churches, you walk down the street for five minutes, you're going to pass four or five different churches. Like, find a place, stay faithful at it, and... Um, but anyways, that one of the traits is like they're not territorial. I want I want to add in that I'm just gonna kind of <clears throat> confess a little secret that everybody knows is happening. So I get texts and phone calls and messages on Facebook all the time from people that attend other churches, asking me questions. I have no doubt we have a lot of folks that attend North Star that are reaching out to other pastors or people in other churches asking them questions. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And and, and it, that is human nature, and I, I welcome that. But the reality of it is you've got to keep the mentality of a little K kingdom and, and that we're all working together. And, and my question is, man, you've got you to gotta land in a place 
where it's it's really drawing you and and equipping you in your relationship with the Lord. And then are you being utilized for the kingdom in that local congregation? Mm-hmm. I we've got to be careful and I wrestle with it. I'm just I just throw it out there. Like I, I wrestle with it because you know some people I'm like, man, let's see, if they come to North Star, they could do this, 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 and this, this. But then I get convicted in that because, man, that's not my place. I, I want them to go, and 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 I, I, I tell this to everybody who asks me questions, whether it's somebody who's coming to North Star and then kind of wrestling through things or somebody who's new to the area and visits or whatever. Like, if I know North Star is not the end-all, be-all local church, and because of that, if, if you're in a geographic location where you need to land in that community or because of the the mission, vision, DNA of who we are doesn't align with where you are right now, let us help you find another local congregation mm-hmm. that you could settle in, be utilized, be loved, be equipped mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel, not not for the sake of North Star or yep. for the sake of that tribe you're in or for the sake of that local congregation, but for the sake of Jesus Christ and loving those around you. So, yeah. One one, one last thing I'll add. Um, especially earlier in my ministry, I I used to get very possessive of my people. Mm, and they're, yeah. God's, they're, they're God's people, you know, yeah, they're not my right. people. You and know I what wrestle I mean? with that, yeah, absolutely. And, and I would get very offended if someone did leave the church. I would take it as a, as a strike or a blow against me, you know, my teaching, my preaching, just whatever, against our church. And, and really, more than anything, number one, God can take care of his people himself. But if we really want people to grow, if we really want people to become all they can be and be able to use their gifts and talents and abilities, we want them to be where God wants them to be. Mm, and my identity doesn't need to be wrapped up in us being able to to reach and retain every single person yeah. that looks at the doors of our church building. We're called to be faithful. That's right. To the scriptures and faithful to God. Right? Amen. That's right. Well, I, I want to go on and add some more you know this is <laughs> this has got me going but you know another trait and we can sum it up right with that question what are some traits of a disciple maker right a great question but i just sometimes i hear these questions like at conferences and a bunch of videos and stuff and i just want to say like we can our churches can do a bunch of different things but when it comes down to it and i want everyone like listening you know if you if you're one of the members at one of our churches your follower of christ like this is the question we have to ask ourselves pastors we have to ask ourselves the one trait of a discipleship maker a disciple maker is this it, it is you have to ask the question are you doing it disciple makers make disciples yeah if you love jesus so much then who did you tell about jesus yesterday are you really doing it? I've heard a story of a guy that was on an ordination council. Um, he was one of the professors at Liberty. He was sharing a story. He's on an ordination council, and he asked the, the guy at the ordination council, he said, when's the last time you shared Christ with someone one-on-one? And the kid's like, mm. and, he, and, and the professor got up and said, I can't ordain him. He wants to go in ministry. He hasn't told anyone about Jesus Christ. So I think that's the question we have to wrestle with, even as pastors. Are we really we can talk about it but are we really doing it and i'm saying that because i didn't talk about i haven't shared christ with anyone yesterday i mean i'm being transparent but we can talk about a good program but you know followers of jesus at home you can come up with all these like you know my church does this they should offer this no it's it's really are you sharing christ with someone and if not then i'm not shepherding you well and it's probably because i'm not doing it first you know the super super cool thing about that is when we do step out on faith and share Christ with someone or have a gospel conversation somewhere. And then we, 
um, encourage our our congregation with it, it's contagious. Yes, yeah. and they want to do it too. Yep, you know yep. that's right. That's yep. awesome. And don't don't wait on your pastor to do it because if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to that. Amen. So you take the initiative. If you got questions on how, that's where your pastor steps in and helps equip you to do that. But if the Lord puts somebody on your heart, neighbor, coworker, family member, whatever, don't don't draw them to a Sunday morning gathering. Go hang out with them and do life with them and be in, in, in intentionally invest in their life. And then your pastor, your other believers can come around you and help give you, hey, did you ask them this? Well, here's some ideas. Here's some suggestions on what that looks like. But don't wait on us to mobilize you got the Holy Spirit in you, and I'm gonna tell you right now, that's more powerful than any of us. Amen. So, that's right. uh, so go with it. That's right, Jared. It looks like you got your your wheels turning over here. Uh, so, so I just a passage that comes to mind uh, when I think about what a disciple, who a disciple of Jesus is, or a disciple maker is, is is in Luke nine uh, twenty three. Jesus speaking says, "If anyone would come after me, meaning follow me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me." For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it or find it. I think uh, another characteristic of a disciple maker would be someone who uh, continually dies to themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you can't be a follower of Jesus without surrendering your own life. And maybe I mean, to, to be a disciple maker, that means you have to die for, of your calendar. You have to die of, you know, your sometimes your own comforts and, and things like that, that you have to be willing to give up for the sake of following after Jesus and helping others do the same thing yep. and helping other people become followers of Jesus. Mm. Uh, and so, and that takes, it takes time. It takes sacrifice, but that's what it means to follow Jesus. Mm. As Jesus said, if, if you chase, if you spend your entire life trying to build up your own kingdom or trying to save your own life, you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. But if you'll give up your life for my sake mm. um, and the sake of the gospel, then you'll find it. Mm. And so we live a lot, our lives in pursuit after that. Yeah. You know, I've got a, a dear friend, um, lifelong friend and mentor named Don Brock. And he saw something in me when I was about 17 years old and started investing in me. And um, I wouldn't be where I am. You know, without Don. Now, I know God doesn't necessarily need Don, but Don poured into me and began to disciple me and use the I see in you often in me. And as a result, there are, I'm not exaggerating, there are probably tens of hundreds, if not thousands of, of people in ministry now because of the ministry that Don took so seriously of making disciples. And I think that's a great trait, pastors and leaders. If, um, if there aren't people that in your life that you, I see a new, uh, all the time and that you're not raising up, um, with ultimately your, your hope and your goal of seeing them in ministry or living life on mission in whatever vocation God puts them in, then we're probably not living as a disciple maker mm. to the very fullest. Yep. And, and I hope one day, you know, I'm starting to see, I've been in ministry a long time now, and I'm starting to see people graduate from seminary and be on the mission field mm. and, and pastoring and, and not, not as m- many as I wish, maybe. Mm. And God knows, maybe I don't know all of them, but that should be one of our goals. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't stop when that person gives their life to Christ. Not at all. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, the beginning. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But how often do we just, you know, they they fall off the track, you know, because right. it's like we, we only wanted them to give their life to Christ, which is great, 
But like Dave, you mentioned, that's just the beginning. So which means continue giving up your calendar time and not being territorial of yourself, your church, whatever it is, you gotta you gotta dive into them and and I, I always remember Christ also when he was calling the disciples, he said, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, that's it's not a follow me and you might become, but follow me and you become. So we need to be uh, fishing. Man, there's so many things in that. I, I, we're out of time. And I, I, there's so many things, like to be a sending church, to yeah. to be okay sending them out. I mean, there, there's so many concepts that come into that, man. But I, this makes me excited for our next Ask, Ask the Pastor episode because, mm-hmm. man, there's a ton we didn't even get to. Feels like so. five minutes. So my plan is that whenever people that real have lots of problems in my church, I send them to you. <laughs> That's I a good plan. To <laughs> North Star Pulaski. It's a good thing we're in another county because yeah. – uh, Tim's closer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to oh, say, no. if you live in Pulaski or Dublin, I'm a part of Fellowship Community Church in Roanoke, and we'd love for you to drive 45, <laughs> in there, an hour and a half, whatever. <laughs> oh, boy, this is taking the turn for the – not the direction we wanted to go. Shut it off. Shut it No, I appreciate you guys just, you know, hanging out with us today, and I think we've had some great conversations, and like you said, I feel like we were just warming up. And uh, but um, that's a good place to kind of park it for today. And we'll we'll resume these conversations at another time. And so I do want to mention next week's episode is kind of going to be similar. But Dave and I are going to be sitting down with some guests and we're going to be doing our first uh, round of what we're calling. What are you reading? And so we're going to talk about. And so uh, we're going to have a conversation, man. I bet that sounded so heavenly just now. (laughs) Was that harmony? Were we in? See, he's in the closet making little sound bites for you. (laughs) So uh, we're gonna talk. Anyways, we're gonna talk about how why we think it's important to be reading something that supplements your Bible reading, not to take place of your Bible reading, but something that supplements your Bible reading. So we're and we're gonna have some what we're gonna talk about what we're reading at that time. So if I've got like six books on my nightstand that are like in different like uh, levels of sifting through, does that count as what? Reading through. We'll talk about that Tuesday. Okay, all right. Yeah, we'll dissect that question whenever it is. You opened that last year, right? That one book. (laughs) Yeah, that one book. That one book you opened. I changed like three books on my desk, and just to make people think I'm reading all those, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad at it. So again, right before we get off, we want to do a quick plug. We are on Anchor. If you've never been on Anchor, then you probably heard of Spotify. Please go follow us on Spotify. The audio version of this episode will be available tomorrow, every Friday. You can follow us there if you. you know, just love us. Please go. If you love Jesus, you'll go over follow us on Spotify. Wow. Is that okay to say? Wow. Everybody else says it's all the time. <laughs> or keep scrolling if you yeah. don't. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so um, who, I always love this question because it gets silent. Who would like to end us in prayer? Ooh. I, I did it last time. I'll pray. John. I'd Johnny boy. John. <laughs> I would love to pray. Let's uh, pray, guys. Father, we thank you for your amazing love for us. I thank you for your love and your all-sufficiency for your church. God, thank you for the high calling that you have given pastors, leaders of the local church, Father, shepherds. And Father, we pray that we will honor you with every thought and every action. God, I pray if there's someone listening today that is struggling emotionally, mentally, physically, maybe with burnout from the most recent period of ministry, God, that your spirit even now would bring a healing and a refreshing. Father, if anyone is is mired in, in hidden sin, Lord Jesus, 
I pray your spirit would bring conviction, Lord, that would bring repentance and confession, that healing might uh, once again begin. Mm. Father, I pray that uh, the churches of the NRV and beyond across our state, across our nation would be healthy disciple-making churches, Mm -hmm. that the name of Jesus might be lifted up and that all men and women and boys and girls would have the opportunity to hear the gospel and become followers. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.